Welcome back to a fresh episode of Chatterbox Video Game Radio. My name's Ara. And I'm Alon. I guess, I guess that's how we, we make it fresh, by changing the intro style. You're getting really fresh on me this week. I know. Uh, so we're by ourselves this week. No, uh, no Tony. It feels, it feels like a totally different life, doesn't it? Uh, not for me. For me, it does. It's a, you feel good? Like the month is over? I feel good, yeah. By I yourself feel, again? I feel like uh, not 100% new me, but maybe about a 17% new me. That's, uh, that's is, a good number. Yeah. Well, you know, it's... Not and totally new. Anything more than 25% could cause a mental catastrophe, so... Yeah. Well, I, I'm certainly glad to see that you had a good, a good month and an education... And our, our listeners have been educated as well. Very much so. It, it's yeah. funny because now, like, I can't stop talking to strangers. <laughs> really? In some ways, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that is interesting. I find myself more and more not wanting to be parts of other people's conversations. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's still a little bit of lingering about of that, too, in, in my psyche. So it's not like... You know, you know this mystery guy that we both know about. Yeah. Right. Um, I was told a story about how somebody like paid to um, just talk to him. There's like a con- consultation, right? Somebody paid some exorbitant amount just to hang out with him and talk to him. And apparently, like when this guy um, had his meeting with him, like he started talking and like didn't stop talking for like seven hours straight. Okay. So. And d- is there an expectation that he got something valuable out of that conversation? I don't know. Some, somehow. I mean, I would never do something like that because I think that's crazy. But, um, yeah, it just goes to show you some people get used to being so social that they can't even shut themselves up after a while. He probably just wanted validation. No, I get the feeling like it's probably just how the way he is all the time. Okay. But well, I digress. Now it's time to talk about about games um a lot a lot is happening because it's november and that's when games get crazy yeah that's when all of the games that were they wanted to release throughout the year but they decided not to because they think they can only sell games at the end of the year have been delayed until this moment and now they're all going to come out at the same time and we're none none of us are going to have enough time to play all of them and then the cycle continues. But you've been playing a non-holiday release game, right? You said... I've been playing a lot of non-holiday releases. A game that releases. I hadn't even really heard of. Yeah. So, okay. I want to rant a little bit about this game called The Run, okay? Which I bought new for $5. Is this like Need for Speed The yeah, Run? Yeah, Need for Speed The Run. And oh, okay. So and you, I've... Yeah. You had I, said like, I got such a great deal on this game. Yeah. Now, I've already shared some bitching about it, but this is a whole new level of complaints that I have to share. I think that's why people listen to Chatterbox. Yes. And this is also, you know, what I'm best at. Not just complaining, but finding new ways to complain about the same thing over and over. I, I'll give it to you. That's a talent of yours. It takes a lot of practice. Anyway, so, so okay. So this game I've been, like, trudging through, and it's been kind of like a love-hate relationship because the the actual activity of driving in the game is really, really cool, and I really like it. And they really do driving in a way that most other games don't. Which is there's there's a lot of places in the game where you're actually like driving through dense traffic, right? Like highway traffic, and there's not a lot of games that do that. This is one of them, and and this is something that uh, I don't know. It's a meaningful experience for me to like have a game where you're weaving through traffic, right? Not a lot of games do it, uh, but I'm kind of torn, right? Because they just they just keep piling on the BS with this game in, in just little, little, little chunks of BS just fly at me and is quickly approaching the point where it's like, I don't know if it's worth it for me to keep playing. So let me give you an example. I bet you've probably, probably already gotten your $5 out of it anyway. Yes. I have definitely gotten $5 out of it. That's for sure. Right. So, so one of them is this thing where like the, the load times are so long that I mean, like it's like one stage is like two minutes, let's say, right? Are you running on an Xbox or PlayStation Three? PS Three. Option to load the hard drive? No. Apparently, no. So that that's that's terrible, right? So it takes like twenty or thirty seconds to load the level, and then the level is like two minutes. So it's like a quarter of the your time spent, or maybe a fifth, 
is waiting for the level, right? So I don't know, like, it, it made me think there, like, there, there must be some kind of, like, magical proportion, right? Where, like, after, like, a certain, after a certain amount of waiting, right, the amount of gameplay time you experience after that, like, has got to be a certain amount before it's worthwhile, right? I think 20% is too much. I, I agree. It, it really, it's funny because it felt like I was actually waiting, like, half the time, and I was actually spending almost, right, like the same amount of time waiting as playing. But then when I actually did it, right, it came out to about a quarter or a fifth, right? But even that, it's like way too much, right? So the other horrible thing, because, you know, as you know, Alon, I try to improve my life in every way possible, in the most minutiae way possible at every turn. So... I'm like, I don't want to sit around waiting for this thing to load, right? So they don't even give you the courtesy of, for example, once it's done loading, like waiting for your button prompt because it takes so flipping long that maybe you went to, I don't know, get a drink or go to the bathroom or, um, you know, like uh, finish your woodworking project in the basement in the meantime or whatever, right? It just loads right up. It just loads right up and it the gameplay starts like without waiting for you. What's funny is I bet that that was an effort to get it started faster since right. you have to wait so long. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because all of these like all of these um, niggling things that I'm about to describe are all these things that I could imagine like when I was working for Rainbow, like we would end up doing in a game like this just because of weird corporate idiosyncrasies with what happens when you make a big budget game. Weird things that when you finally play the game make no sense to you whatsoever, right? So, so that's one of them. Okay. Um, this other one, right? I just realized apparently, like, there's, you know, at the beginning of the game, there was this weird, like, QT quick time event sequence thing that was really upsetting. And I had all but forgotten In about it. In a racing it. game? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was just the beginning. I had all, all but forgotten about it because I, you know, it was just, like, right when you started the game. The first thing you do is not race, it's press a button prompt on the screen. Anyway, so I get to like a certain point in the game where it's like in between stages and there's a cutscene, right? And so much to my surprise, right, it's a really, really long, really, really annoying, really, really arduous quick time event sequence where you're running away on from the cops on foot. And what does this have to do with racing? I'm, I'm going to say nothing. Nothing. Correct. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I, I, all I can do is just think to myself – what what sequence of events led them to decide that this was the best thing to put in this game? Do you think maybe it was just uh, a distraction while they load the next level? Uh, no, no. Because the other thing, the other thing that's incredibly annoying is that when you restart a level, it reloads the whole level. The only way that you could like, you have to exploit the system in order to actually restart a level without having to actually sit through the burden of the whole thing reloading, right? You have to use what's called, uh, gosh, what is it? Like a flashback or something, right? Where you press select and it takes you back to the beginning of the level. And like you can only do this like so many times. Like this is a fairly common feature now in, all, in, in a lot of games, right? Apparently it's a feature in Pool Nation. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So, so here's the funny thing is that like I have like four of these that I can use in a level, right? But it's totally worth it for me to spend one on reloading the level at the beginning because I don't want to sit there waiting on this stupid screen. I want to go do something with my life for the 20 seconds that I'm waiting, right? So the game loads and it starts by itself and I just go about my doing whatever. And when I come back to it, then I use up that flashback thing for the sole purpose of restarting the level to, and not having to wait an extra 30 seconds. That's ridiculous. Look, I mean, like, look at this. Look at, like, like just... I mean, it's embarrassing, okay? It's just embarrassing that I have to go through all this just to, like, extract some semblance of, like, a pleasurable experience. Now, how long after its initial release did you purchase it for only $5? No, I mean, it's been out for at least a year or two, I think. Okay. But here's the the other thing, dude, this QuickTime event sequence, okay? It's, like, the worst of all worlds, okay? Like, not only, A, is it completely inappropriate and disruptive in a game like this, right? So it adds no value. B, it's, it's, it's hard enough that you can't uh, completely mindlessly trudge through it. And because you can't completely mindlessly thr- trudge through it, you actually 
can't even enjoy the cinematic that's happening because you're focusing all your attention on waiting for the next button prompt to come up. Yeah, that's Get frustrating, it? man. So it's the worst of every single like like it ruins the cinematic sequence, right? It ruins the rest of the game, and it's this really hard Simon Says game that you have to actually put some effort into. I don't get it, man. It's just a big <laughs> mystery. That uh, that's funny, but it also explains why the game probably didn't do very well and yeah. was selling for five dollars. Well, well, here, well, here's like the whole, whole shame of it is that you know if they had just kind of nudged these problematic things, right? If they had done them slightly differently, right? If they were, you know, they, if they took the time to like not to do those quick time events and instead, right? made it so that you could like restart a level easily. You well, know? how about optimize for the PS3 so you don't have so much loading? Or thing? maybe something like that. I mean, that's usually a tall order, so I'm not really complaining about that because that kind of stuff's really, really hard for programmers to do. Um, but if they had just making, made a few of those tweaks, right, this game would be about 500 times more pleasant as an overall experience. Well, you know, I'm sorry you had to live through that, but... I'm, li- I'm reliving Again, it through it right now. When you bought it for $5 and we discussed this, yeah. I mean, we expected it to be junk. We did expect it. Now, yeah. the, the gameplay part, the primary game where you're just racing, let's yeah. say it didn't have crappy load times and didn't like stop you from playing it properly by forcing you into the game so quickly. Yeah, and all those other crazy Yeah, things. the actual gameplay portion. Yeah. Not bad? You it's, like it? Not only is it not bad, it's quite good, right? And so the the dilemma that I find myself in, which is not a unique dilemma, is you know, is all the retardation the game put good parts. That's sad, dude. Yeah. And right this second. We'll be right back. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. And we're back. You're listening to Chatterbox. Video game radio, where the bitching and ranting portion of the show is completed. Really? It's not. It's not it's, completed, my it's, friend. It's not at all. No, because I'll have my turn in a moment. Okay, fair enough. But before we do that, I will remind everyone that the bitching and moaning show is sponsored by UAT, the University of Advancing Technology, and their website is uat.edu. Now, if you want to get a hold of us, we have a website, chatterboxgameshow.com, which will hopefully be improving one of these days. Uh, but you can email us. We're on there. And you can also leave us a voicemail. That's right, at 480-442-6321. Or if you like to mix it up, that's 480-4GAME21. That's us. Chatterboxgameshow.com and a phone number. So you said we've got some emails and stuff to, to talk about? Not at all. No, we don't. We, we, have, write in, we have nothing? We had one, but... Um, I reviewed it very carefully, and I decided it wasn't worthy. Okay, good. Then let me tell you my stories. Please do. These are some stories. So, like I said, a lot of stuff coming out in November. You guys have heard me talk about the Wii U launch and how worried I am that it's not available for pre-order. And here's where my bitching and moaning is directed squarely at you, the listener, for not telling me about something that would have solved this problem. I had no idea. So Friday morning, it's November 2nd. And, uh, you know, before I go to work, I'm looking at my phone, surfing the internet, like I'm sure a lot of people do, while I try to work up the energy to get out of bed and go to work. And I think to myself, all right, I'm going to search on the internet, like, how do I go about getting a Wii U, this deluxe thing? How how can I do it? Maybe there's something out there that will clue me in. And I read it, it's like, oh my God, Walmart 
who which has never done reserves before. And that was my plan. My plan was just go hang out in a Walmart for 18 hours prior to launch. And then I read that they're taking reserves. Because you had to hang out for 18 hours probably no matter what. Well, in order to get one. Right. Yeah. So this is a problem. I, I find that they're taking reservations for it. And I said, uh-oh. If they're taking reservations, that means I can't just go hang out and get it. Only the people who reserved it. So, I oh, would, my God. I would make the same conclusion. Yeah. These reservations, you know what what uh, period or what dates they were taking reservations? Um, way after the launch, I'm assuming. Uh no, before the launch. Okay, way before the launch. Before the launch. But remember, it was Friday, November 2nd. In the morning that I'm looking at this, they were taking reservations from October 14th to November 1st. So you can't make a reservation no more. So I can't make a reservation at Walmart. And none of you listeners who knew that I was asking for ways to do this thought to email me and say, Hey, Alon, did you read that thing? Well, obviously, about- they, they were refraining from giving you this information on purpose so that they could get their own. Yeah. Well, one, I'm bitching at myself for somehow missing this news. I don't know how I missed it. I had no idea that this was happening. It would have been easy. Just walk over there, pay your little layaway scam that they have going, some weird thing, and and get the game. As much as I hate Walmart. By the way, we shouldn't be shopping at Walmart just because they're a horrible company. But when they're the only game in town that lets me reserve this thing, I would do it and just make sure I buy my games and accessories elsewhere. Um... So I end up going to Walmart on the 2nd to be like, maybe they don't know about the November 1st deadline. And they'll, so like people are like, oh, yeah, we take reserves on it. Yeah, no problem. You go over to the jewelry section where my store was taking layaway reserves for this. Sure, no problem. So they ring me up, blah, 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 all the way to the end. Oh, can't sell it. And then they ask enough people and they find out that uh, they've, they've gone through their reserve numbers. So then I like go back this, to the this electronics section. This to tell you after the fact, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, so then I go to the back to the electronics section, and one of the guys there helps me try to call other Walmarts to see if they're out of their reserves. Meanwhile, I'm not really mentioning the whole bit about November 1st, even though the piece of paper that they point to says sure. November 1st on it. So the guy there and I start calling Walmarts in the area. We're talking like far away, like a Goodyear, Anthem, Carefree. People in Phoenix would know these places. Or Cave Creek, not Carefree. <clears throat> um I even called like Casa Grande, right? But half of these places are like, I say, hey, can I talk to the the layaway people or the electronics? And they're like, all right, no problem. They put me on hold like eight minutes later, nothing. Nobody's answered the phone. It's horrible customer service. And I have worked in customer service in my life. I understand what good customer, it's horrible. They're too busy making out in the office to answer your calls a lot. Needless to say, I end up without a reservation at Walmart, which pretty much matched my expectations. So fine. I then just get more worried, and I think, what else can I do? So the next day, Saturday, I, uh, I break out the Segway. I ride down to, uh, to Costco, and I ask them about it. lady has no idea what they're doing. She doesn't look like they have any shipments from Nintendo coming in. Even, even with you on a Segway? Well, I left the Segway outside. I'm just. I'm trying to ride. Maybe the seg- that was a mistake because on the no. Segway you you look very authoritative. Well, I'm trying to ride the Segway more. That's that's all I'm saying. It was close enough. So anyway, uh, she has no idea, which also pretty much matches my expectations. So I go across the street to Target. This was the plan, right? Go to both of them in one shot. And uh, Target. Oh no, we ran out of our reservations. We sold the last one today. He says. I'm like seriously. I could have come in yesterday when I was dealing with Walmart. Come into Target. By the way, you Terrible. all have heard my Target story with the Xbox 360 and that BS. You yeah, all know so you don't, you Target is the give, last damn place that I want to reserve this thing at. Yeah, you don't give them a time of day. But anymore. again, if you're the only game in town, then you're going to get my money. So the guy says ran out of them, but very nice dude. Um. He looks at his little... Oh, by the way, Walmart could not tell the stock of these reservation options electronically. It was only having to call stores. That was frustrating because Walmart, of all places, with their perfect, super efficient inventory system should know these things. But anyway, Target, the guy just looks at his little handheld device thing and he sees, oh, there's five of them at this store somewhere else in Phoenix. Uh, But that stock, one store can only tell another store's stock in the morning. They can't tell their current actual on hand stock so he calls them and they're like no we don't do reservations on systems and he's like well you do i see that you have five of them <laughs> no is this you telling them or the no, other no no this is the, the other target guy and he might not have used that tone but he was very insistent with them and very nice to them and also very nice to me he was giving me now, real this, customer see, service this would be very pleasant for me to watch because we've always been the guy talking to the corporation informing them about what their policies are because they're so stupid 
Yeah. But at least now in this case, you have somebody at their own that's like, totally out of Dilbert. Yeah, it was, like, it was like the 17-year-old kid. I'm sure he knew his stuff. And he calls and like, no, okay, well, I have the SKU here, and it says you have five of them. So like, can you just look in the computer and check for me, please? Yeah. And again, he was very nice. He wasn't taking my the tone that I'm relaying in this you know, uh, rehash you. of the event. So anyway, they look it up. They, oh, we do have some. And okay, well... Is it the black one with the deluxe? And does it say 32 GB anywhere? Like he was getting down and dirty with it. Nothing. So they're searching and hunting. That, that f- it's actually these physical cards they have to sell, okay. which are a, a reservation card. And so behind the scenes, I find out later, there's this lady like looking through all of their shelving and whatever, and she finds these five cards. It's like, oh, yeah, we do. We have them right here. Great. Can you hold one for a lawn? He'll be right there. So I can't be right there because I'm on the friggin' Segway. I have to ride home. But I very quickly ride home on the Segway, right. get in the car, boot my ass across town to this other Target that has not sold any simply because their employees were too dumb to realize that they could <laughs> or that they were even available. And so I got the very first reservation of the Wii U Deluxe at this particular Target on another side of town uh, because they didn't know what they were doing. So it's the first time I applaud them not knowing what they were doing. Uh, because it helped me. And I got to tell you, I have not taken advantage of the situation and purchased more than one because I knew how heartbroken I was that I wasn't able to get a reservation. So I'm not buying a bunch of them in order to sell them afterwards, which would have been the plan originally. I'm holding back well, knowing I'm, that 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That that care that I'm giving other people will make them feel better. Well, I'm impressed by your empathy for one. And for bit. two, um, congratulations on all that detective work to uh, make a reservation. If I had gone in there alone, they would have said, no, we don't do reservations. And I would have been like, but it says on Nintendo.com that you do. And nothing. But because I went to a store that had already done it, and then they called the other store, that's how it worked out. It was perfect. So anyway, uh, screw you, listeners, for not telling me about the Walmart thing. Screw me for not knowing before you should have told me. And... Good on Target, but I tell you what, I'm going on Saturday before it releases. I'm going to be like, hey, because I made sure, like, he knew my. Here's the, the other thing it's a reservation, right? Per store, obviously. They're only at so much stock. Right. At no point in the process was he required to, like, ask for my name or write it down in some special book or mark it down in the computer. I just got this card. I could take the same card to a different Target store and be like, no, I have a reservation. I, I got this card right here. It says I reserved it. So. I was talking to the guy about this, and so like yeah, he took we, my we name. Yeah, but we already know there that they don't really like rules. Apparently, maybe there was some like structure that. to it, but they didn't know it at this one. So I right. will, I would at least not hold it against Target Corporate that they didn't design it so poorly. But the guy here didn't know, so he just like wrote my name on a receipt and he's going to pin it up on a board in the back. I'm going to go there on Saturday and be like, "Hey, I have this sort of reservation. I want to make sure we're all cool. You know my name. I will be here in the morning. I'm going to go, you know, there an hour before opening or whatever, and just sort of hang out. They know me." Okay, so already. so I'm I'm expecting um, something unexpectedly disastrous at your yeah, next Yeah, there's a big portion of me that's expecting the same thing. So so maybe next week we're going to hear about the results of this. Well, it's going to two two weeks from yesterday. Two weeks is when yesterday. we will find out. Right. right. But uh, I'm going to go there the day in advance to let them know I've got this reservation. It's with your store. I ordered it. I will be here in the morning. Nobody's going to screw me out of this one, and I'll be there and I'll be very nice and gentle and. Well, you know, yeah. you know, I'll wish only the best results, but I just got this nagging feeling like it's going to be a disaster. That I'm going to get screwed. Yeah. yeah. No. And oh, my God, if that happens, you will never hear the end of it. My listeners will never hear the end of it. And Target will probably forget about it within five minutes. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe seven or eight years or when whatever. That happens, 360 I, I just want to make sure that uh, your Segway is locked safely <laughs> away. Yeah. I'm not going to ride the Segway to that one. It's really far away. So... That's my story, my bitching story. So I've got the Wii U Deluxe on reserve. It's taped, literally taped to my Wii right now, which will be replaced as soon as the Wii U comes home. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Don't get, the, don't get too attached. <clears throat> just, just, By the way, my yeah. friend was telling me Rayman, whatever the next Rayman is called yeah. for, for the Wii U. Yeah, there's a new one coming out. Yeah, well, but it got totally delayed. To like 2013. Um, okay. But it's also apparently the only game that's available to play at Best Buy, which is weird. But like it's un- delayed. Game playable at the store before the system comes out. Yeah, that is weird. Because if, if it's delayed, then how are you playing it? Well, I mean, the demo, whatever. Um, you know what else is weird? I'm just realizing this now. I'm going to bring this up when we get back, but it'll only take a minute. All right. Anyway, we got more to talk about. We'll be right back.
to me, Mario. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's a number one. All right, we're back. I promised a little bit more. So I was talking about Best Buy. They have these demo units. I haven't gone to look at them, but I believe my friend when he tells me they're there. Um, you know what I love doing at Best Buy now? What? Going there and um, taking photographs with my Soviet-era um, phone camera. Okay, photographs of what? Whatever I want. Uh, what is special about Best Buy and taking photos with your camera? They really don't appreciate that. Really? Yeah. Like your price shopping? Like yeah, kind of, kind of like that. Yeah, but I enjoy confrontations. So, all right. Well, here's what I realized. It, have you ever looked at a demo unit for a DS or any or the 3DS? I guess the DS or the 3DS. I'll just say yes. At any store, I've looked at one ever. Yeah, right. They're always completely destroyed, right? Because they have the touch screen and people scratch on the touch screen with like I don't know keys or nails or something. Um, I'll take your word for it. They're constantly beat to hell. So the uh, the Wii U pad is something you're supposed to touch. And that thing is going to get beat to hell. Probably. Yeah. So I think but it's touch. But the Vita's it is, got it a is touch, touch screen. Isn't, the Vita's isn't got a touch screen too now. You know? I'm sure that one's going to get destroyed too. But the, yeah. the Wii U is a touchpad. It's got to be a touchpad. I'm pretty I, sure it's a touchpad. Yeah, but it's not multi-touch. That's what's weird about it. It's not multi-touch. Okay. But DS isn't multi-touch either, 3DS. That's fine. It's tiny, though. Yeah. How could you multi-touch? But, Fair enough. But yeah, it's going to get beat to hell, dude. And the demo units are just going to be worthless. So I find that somewhat entertaining. Okay. Let's talk about some other games. Yeah. Let's. So um, you, you got some on tap here? Well, okay. So let's see. Um, a couple new games have come out recently. There's Forza Horizon. Which I think came out last week. And that is essentially Forza 4? And, shoot, wait, I don't remember. No, I think they, I don't remember if they already made 4 and this is the one after 4 or, yeah, I think maybe. Anyway, they stopped using numbers is the point, okay? Um, This game is kind of like, it's kind of funny because, you know, I was telling you how I like games that uh, feature like driving through traffic on roads and stuff like that. Well, mm-hmm. this game is more like that. They call it, they're calling it Horizon because it's like, oh, there's like a big, like, it's more like an open world thing. So is it basically like not, not within the official canon of, of Forza where there was one, two, three, or four? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you want to split that hair, but it's not the number anymore, right? Okay. But it's, it's pretty cool. I thought to myself it was funny because I'm sure you guys, I'm sure all you guys have been at, experienced at uh, this point one one time or another, right? But I played the demo and I was like, man, this is going to be a really awesome game when I can get it for $20. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so that was my feeling about it, um, if only for the fact that, like, I, I mean, I can't really take any serious, any racing game seriously without, you know, an actual proper extreme have you seen this wireless right. steering wheel that Microsoft created? Yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we get to that, right? So there's just one thing I want to say about Forza Horizon, which is that, I mean, it's pretty good. It's a very, very pleasant game, right? But one thing that is kind of irking me is that, and you're going to see this, it's already happening. It's been happening to all of the big blockbuster games, right? All the big blockbuster games are starting to look like each other. And it's been happening for a while, but it's becoming just more and more obvious now. And one of the really obvious things that I don't really appreciate so much is that this last Forza, it's very, very clearly in the the Codemasters art, artistic design sensibility territory. If you look at, like, Codemasters' last few games, like, this last Forza game, artistically, especially in terms of, like, presentation and, and user interface and stuff like that, is feeling a lot closer to the Codemasters stuff which uh it wasn't it's just it's just upsetting you know i'm sure like i don't play fps do you feel that like they're much. ripping them off or they're no, just making the wrong move no no they're just i mean it's just the side i think i i feel like it's just the side effect of big budget games because big budget when when the project becomes so big then the people calling the shots f- 
feel like, oh, well, we have to do what all our competitors do, but better. And that kind of attitude filtered through a corporate environment, I think, results in a lot of sameness that um, I don't think people will appreciate. I think that it's just it's making product from fear rather than making product from your own confidence in its originality. And, you know, the game's decent and I think is the game, you know, I think it's a decent playing game, but it's just kind of, it's just, at, at best, it's just really lame that, right, we're just seeing these products artistically crib from each other because they're all wanting to do what... Well, they, that's always true, though. Yeah, it's just becoming more and more obvious to me. You okay. know, and, and what I was about to say was like, you know, I don't play FPSs that much, but um, I don't know. Maybe one of you FPS experts can uh, tell us about if you guys have been feeling that with first-person shooters or not. You know, it, it's interesting you say it's becoming more obvious to you yeah. because so part of me I, I've seen that and by that I mean I've seen the the change in my observation uh, as I've grown up and I've assumed that it was just because I'm more adult but I realize at the same time that you and I maybe if we were a few years older this would be more true but for the most part we've we're at that point in time where we grew up basically with all video games that have existed, right? I know some games started a little bit before we were around, but very few, right? For the most part, we were there from the beginning. And so, you know, when we're 70 or whatever, we will have lived that. We know all the games and we have this mental history of pretty much all the games. And that just simply won't be true. Now there's all these people on the planet who just start off with whatever it is. Super Nintendo. Yeah, but the thing is, like, you don't that. have to go back into the annals of history to like recognize this phenomenon. You just have to look at the other games that are out right now. Yeah, I think I just like the idea that I know everything. That's good. That makes me feel good. Right, the whippersnappers now, they don't know this history. No, These fifteen-year-olds no. have been playing games for for ten years now. We've been playing them for thirty. Yeah, I mean, that gets into, like, a much bigger discussion, too, right? Because it's, like, the sensibility of the big popular games is so different from, you know, a lot of the niche games or the older games. And, you know, people, yeah, I mean, people who are getting exposed to games now, they're also getting expectations that are very different than our expectations from games. Uh, And one thing I like to say a lot is that, you know, the reason why games are so popular now is because the, the corporate structures that are around the economy have been able to successfully expand the market way beyond anyone's imagination. Nobody will will admit this, but I really think that's the case. And one of the side effects of that happening is the reality that, well, in order for games to appeal to more people, they have to be less demanding, right? And so all these people now are getting introduced to games as a endeavor that's not necessarily something to challenge you with, right? Yeah. And then so when they do see a game that's challenging, I feel like they're they're even less prepared to be able to s- just evaluate it for what it is on its own terms, right? And they're probably even less resilient to um, participating in an experience that's intended to be something to challenge you with. But I digress majorly. I wonder about sticking Pac-Man in front of somebody who's like, who's lived in the modern world but never played video games. And then someone who's lived in the modern world and only played modern games. Yeah. And then see how their opinion That, that would be interesting. But I think Pac-Man, like the beauty of something like Pac-Man is that it's so easy to read that regardless of what your baggage is. Like, you can pretty much tell what it's about and what's going on and what you can do and what you can't do. Yeah, but I'm talking more about your willingness to continue playing it for more than a minute. Yeah. And I, I yeah. can't say that I'm one of those people who could just play that game forever. Sure. But there's a certain appreciation for playing a game that is challenging and simple and then the idea of a high score being the only value you pull from it, right? And so a a score competing with your neighbors and all that. Right. Well, not well, it's not the only thing that you're pulling from it. It's just the only metric, right? What you're really pulling I, from it is I mean, that yeah. you're the experience of you actually like surmounting a challenge, right? Yeah. Cuz otherwise all we would have was is stupid RPGs. <laughs> and we definitely want to make that distinction. You think so? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, think about it, right? A game that doesn't have skill and it just has, like, points is basically an RPG. Oh, just a grinder. And it's just a grinder, and your score is only a reflection of the amount of time you've invested, nothing more. It's not a representation of skill. Yeah. By the way, I got uh, a new high score in Europe Level 2 on Doritos Crash Course this week. You're one of, like, six people still playing this game. This is a fantastic game. By the way, apparently a sequel's on the way. So, FYI, Crash Course players... Um, I urge people to play and try to beat my score. Seabox Alon is my, my username. I think it's on our website. <clears throat> Speaking of games I want to play with listeners, by the way, um, I know you're not an iOS player, but uh, there's a new game that came out called Letterpress by the guy who developed Tweety, which is like the de facto Twitter client. It actually got purchased by Twitter. Okay. Uh, it has nothing to do with Twitter at all, but it was just developed by that guy. Uh, so Letterpress... I am now loving this game. This it's, is a game. It is a game. It sounds like it sounds like some kind of like offshoot it's, of WordPress. No, it's a very it's a very slick looking game in that it's minimalist. But I sh- I should have shown it to you. Maybe I can show it to you during the break. It's uh anyway, it's just a fun game, and I want people to play. And uh, nobody is playing with me, so you should become my friend on iOS. My username is Moalon M O W A L O N. Find me. And try to friend me or something. I'm not even sure how Game Center really works with that stuff. But but try to friend me and play some letterpress, and that will be awesome. If someone does that, I will probably actually upgrade the game to the full paid one so I can play lots of games. Anyway, excited. So if you're the author <laughs> of this game and you'd like one more sale, be Elon's friend, please. Yeah. Uh, in other news, me, who we've mentioned on the show many times in the past, uh, said, hey, are you getting Halo 4? And I'm like, no, I'm not getting Halo 4. And he's like, but we should play. And I'm like, all right, fine, I'll get Halo 4. So after work today, I go down to to GameStop to reserve Halo 4, another one of these games that's coming out, you know, uh, in the thick of things. It's actually beating it a little bit. Usually these games come out for Xbox, like all the Halo games on November 15th. But this one is is beating that, which is strange. I this one is tonight? Is that true? Yeah, so November 6th, which means midnight, November 5th. So we've got like four hours, five exactly. hours. Exactly. Well, for us, on the East for Coast. Us. East Coast, it's half an hour, I guess. Um, anyway, so I'm going to have to go get my game tonight and play that, and that's a weird experience, because GameStop had me reserve it today for a game that comes out in six hours. Are you going to find a master of science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. And we are back. You're listening to Chatterbox, video game radio. Where I was just talking, right as the break came, about my quest for Halo 4, which was... See, it's a game. Games they, they learn to just make enough of now. So there's no there's no hardship in getting a game. But still, I went to games so they're like, oh, yeah, we're taking reservations till 9 o'clock. It's just to pump up their reservation numbers and to, like, make sure I come buy it or something. Yeah. Well, you know, any anytime there's a uh, there's a metric, people will try to exploit that metric. Yeah, it's, so. just, it's just silly. It is kind of silly. But okay, so speaking of silly, there's two silly promotions that are surrounding Halo 4 that I can't wait to tell you all about. Okay, I apparently have not heard of these. Okay, so check this out. So firstly, reported by Pocket Gamer, 
Apparently, there's a uh, there's a Halo Four app that's going to it's probably out now, or maybe it'll be out later tonight. Uh, and it's called Halo Four: King of the Hill, fueled by Mountain Dew. Okay, or if you're into um, you know all of those um, you know shortenings of names, you can call it H four colon K O T H F B M D. Uh, Halo 4, King of the Hill, fueled by Mountain Dew, yeah, that's, certainly shows up in iOS. That's the full name. Now, here's the thing, right? I, I'm really curious, Alon, what you're going to make of this, because I know that you are in augmented reality horror. Is this the smart glass thing? And No, this is some kind of augmented reality game where you have to scan bottles of Mountain Dew and packets of Doritos to reload. So, okay. so apparently, if you want to do good at this game, um, just buy a bunch of product, set it around like your table, or just go to the grocery store and scan products. Or you can play in the grocery store, I guess. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, well, that sounds for, horrible. I'm looking for some opinions here on. It's it's made by the company Augmento, with an O. Well, that's how, how appropriate. Not a U. Okay, so it's got a three and something star review. Yeah, we all know how much that means. Yeah, but or rating, I should say. All right, yeah, three stars. Very poor. I can't play the game. New version works fine for me. Blah blah blah. Not not interested. What's the other promotion you have for me? Okay, so if that wasn't crazy enough for you, um, apparently, if you have an American Express card then you can somehow link your American Express card with your uh, Microsoft account on Xbox Live. And American Express will give you a $25 credit on your statement if you can complete uh, the single-player campaign in Halo 4. 25 big ones. Seriously? Seriously. That's actually really interesting. It it is kind of interesting because is there is some sort of time frame like you have to do it in the first two weeks I'm or something? I'm sure there's some kind of time limit. I don't know. I don't know of it specifically, but this is the first time I've actually ever heard of a direct credit card credit incentive for actually completing something in a game, right? And it's 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 a legitimate thing, you know. It's not like if you buy these things in this game then you'll get something, right? It's like there they're actually rewarding you with money for doing something purely in-game. So now think about this. Parents that buy the games for their kids say, all right, we're going to buy the game, but you have to finish it. That's right. You have yeah. to finish it Team in a up week. with parents. Because I'm wondering what, who has a, who's got an American Express card and plays Halo 4? Somehow the demographics just don't line up for me. I tell you what. I do not have an American Express card, but I know plenty of people that do. So, And, and those are the ones who just love, like... Wasting money for no reason. Dude, American Express people love buying stuff. Absolutely. That's that's who American Express is for. I, I guess. I guess it is for those people. Yeah, it is. Um, so I'm not... The demographics are not totally separate. But uh, but that is a really interesting promotion. I had not heard about that at all. Yeah. And obviously the game knows. It knows if you're using the American Express card. and knows if you beat the single-player campaign. Um, does that convert into an actual achievement? Like American Express... Good question, sir. Maybe you'll find Something. out tonight. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to be playing it tonight. Just picking it up. Sure you it's will. It's going to be an interesting experience. Because I'm not going down to, to hang with Johnny as he waits for the game at his store because it's so far away. I'm just going to sit there with a bunch of tools. I could bring the Segway. I could ride down there. Well, that's always an instant party. Yeah, I'm not going to do that, though. Now, okay. I don't know if you had anything else about Halo 4, but I also wanted to make sure we talked about PID before the show is over. Uh, I don't really have anything else to say about Halo 4 now. Okay. Let's talk about PID. After we mention UAT.edu, the website of the University of Advancing Technology. Done. Okay. So there's this new game came out. We just played the demo. Um, it's an XBLA game called PID. It's a platformer. I had heard of this, right? People had thrown the name around, but I didn't know anything about the game. I just saw articles or something that referenced PID. Me neither. And And actually, I'm kind of... It's funny because I, I read something about it just today after playing it for the first time, actually, where the author or one of the authors of the game basically said, oh, 
oh, like, how do you how do you get a platformer to stand out? And he was like, well, this is basically like a puzzle platforming game, but I didn't like pitch it or frame it as such. Like, it's not advertised as a puzzle platforming game, but it totally is. And I kind of got thrown for a loop a little bit. Wait, it is advertised as such or it is that kind of game? It, it is that kind of game, but it is not advertised as such. Okay. And I was kind of thrown for a loop. Because but is, I, I is was, it advertised at all? It isn't, ostensibly, it is advertised in some fashion. I mean, it's got to be given a genre within Xbox. It's going to say whether it's a puzzle game or an action platformer or whatever. Yeah, so I don't remember what it is, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't say puzzle. Okay. Anyway, I, I find it to be more of a puzzle game, and this seems to be in line with what the author says. Um, and the funny thing is, is that, like, okay, I'm the kind of person who will say, like, I love platforming games, right? But there's actually very, very few platforming games that I love. Yeah, but those I love, right. But those I love so much that my love it just automatically just extends to the whole genre. But on the other hand, right? I mean, we talked about Fez before. I didn't like Fez very much. You definitely did not like Fez very um, much. And it was very, very, just for very specific and personal reasons. And it's kind of the same reasons why I don't have a good impression of Pid. And that's because. I mean, the best way to describe it is it is a puzzle platformer, right? And and so the kind of, like, cadence and pacing that you get in this type of game that I also felt like you got in Fez, both of which aspects I don't like, is that it's a kind of game where, you know, you've got this environment that you're traversing, but you really kind of got to, like, look at the environment and think about, like, what am I going to do here in order to, you know, traverse these obstacles? Like, there's a lot... I mean, tell me if you think differently, Alon. But there, there seems to be a substantial amount of basically like very slowly kind of like thinking and analyzing before you make your move. Well, I didn't play it enough to really know. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't go as far as I did, but but that was that was that was pretty much where it went, right? And I, I did have to take a lot of care with the very first sort of you know special area with the stars up top. But you know what. What I found strange is a platformer, the control is really, imp- well, control in any game is really important. I've always said that, but especially with a platformer. Um, and this game, you spend a lot of time in these beams of light, at least within the first level. You yeah, do, yeah. And no, I that's, assume that's, the whole that's, game that's is That's the that whole way. like hook of the game, right? Is yeah. this, this thing where you shoot up this beam that pushes you. Yeah. I felt a lot of frustration trying to manage my character well in that beam. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is exactly what I wanted to get at with this product. And it, it's really like it's, it's kind of a conundrum for me because on the one hand, it's very creative, right? And this is, this is pretty new. We don't see this in a lot of platformers. But at the same time, right, like the same aspect that's new and creative is like such a pain in the ass to deal with mechanically. Yeah, it was. And it, it, it didn't have to be. But like you could you're, – you're floating in this beam of light and you can jump while inside of it, which doesn't make sense to begin with. But you can, except it doesn't do much for you. And so you're basically sort of like the whole time fiddling with this thing that feels like an unintended – Method of movement. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I got I got the same sense from it, too. Very, very strange. You know, and and it's interesting because I, I find that most of, most of the really creative platformers that have come out as of late have the same kind of feeling where it's got, like, this really creative, novel, new way of interacting with stuff. But even though it's creative and new, it's not very intrinsically satisfying. Maybe maybe not until, like, you actually master it. But at the same time, too, I feel like one of the most important things for platformers is that you have, you have a really substantial room and period of time in playing the game where you can just, you know, like, not every single move must be executed with, like, maximal efficiency. Like, you can just kind of futz around... And just play with the thing with a lot of room for error. And I didn't feel like this game gives you much room for error. Yeah, that's that's certainly something that other games uh, do well. And, and Mario is the classic where you always think of like, how is a platformer supposed to be made, right? Yeah. Well, the, the fun- over time it builds up to that. Like, yeah, like they have no hard parts. And it's funny because I remember like in this article I read today, the art the, the author was talking about how deliberate they were with their pacing. But at the same time, at least at least in the demo, anyway, they're just. Too many repeated situations where it's like every single move you make has to be done with great care and correctly. 
Otherwise, you'll fuck the whole thing up. And it's just well, that's that's, just, I mean, that's what a puzzle game is, right? That is what a puzzle game is, right? But I think for a platformer, like that's really you're really extracting a lot of the pleasure to be gained from the platformer by making it so cutthroat. Because I think something really important for platformers is it should be just and easy to do basic traversal of the environment, you know. And you have your hard moments here and there, you know, in very specific places. Right, but like if, if every turn of what you're doing is is a challenge, right? Then it's just it just kind of tends to weigh on you, doesn't it? It uh, it's something I got bored of quickly. I'll tell you that. So I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, or at least that's that's how it converts to me when you're saying it weighs on you. Yeah, you you can put it that way yeah. too. All right, well sure. that's that is another show in the can, sir. It's time to go to GameStop and get my copy of Halo 4 so I can go to sleep and play it tomorrow after work. And next time you'll hear maybe if uh, Alon's Walmart slash Target experiences a disaster. Two weeks. Two weeks, not one. Then we will know. Dude, I'm totally taking like, that Monday off. Like, it's Wii U time. I'm probably going to get really bored of it in one day, but it doesn't matter. I'm taking the day off anyway. It's the spirit that counts. I'm excited about it. You don't... Are you interested at all? No. Jesus. It's going to be so good, man. It's so good. I hope you're coming over that day. All right, well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Website is chatterboxgameshow.com. Don't forget to email us. Good night, guys. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.